Trash Can presents Interactions at the Grocery Store. Um, yes, I'm looking for some tuna fish. What'd you say? Huh? Sorry, I got my music playing. I can't hear what you say. I said, I'm looking for the tuna fish. I looked over in the frozen freezer section, but I couldn't find the can of tuna fish in the frozen freezer section. Hold up, hold up, hold up. You made me stop bumping my jams from you to ask me that dumb behind question. I worked 10 hours at this job, and I only got a 15-minute lunch break in that 10 hours. And you gonna make me stop my music? Open your eyes. Look at the signs everywhere. It say tuna fish aisle three. Big old three. Big old sign says tuna fish. Now walk your happy behind there. Well, oh, okay. Oh, man. Okay, I'm gonna... Ah, uh, fine. So... Uh, excuse me, excuse me, uh, I'm looking for tuna fish. I went to aisle 15, and there was no tuna fish like the, the young man over there told me it was gonna be. Um, yes, ma'am. Well, if you would clearly open your eyes instead of having them up your butt where I know they are, you could clearly see that it is on aisle 3, the big 3, and then the sign that says tuna fish, aisle 3. Thank you, have a nice day. Oh man, okay, I want to see your manager. This is getting ridiculous. Hi there, I'm Gerald. How can I help you, ma'am? Can I get the manager that doesn't necessarily have the stick up its behind? Oh, I'm Gerald. I'm the only manager here. I've only been working here for two weeks, but I'm the manager here. Why can I, what seems to be the problem? Now, I'm starting to get really angry. I don't know where the tuna fish is, and I'm saying this place has gone downhill. My nephew Jeremy used to work here as a bagger, and he moved up in the company, and he would be ashamed of what this place has come to. Oh, I apologize, ma'am. Here at Wally World, we are a family. I am so sorry. I will totally fire those two employees that were mean to you. Have a wonderful day, ma'am. Sammy Walton would be proud of you, son. Hi, I'm Chris. Hi, I'm Michael. And this is the Dota Box Podcast. Well, man, we are making it through. We almost to 100 episodes. How does that make you feel that we get never so close to that? It makes me feel great. But I have a question about how this makes you feel. How do you feel that Boot Corral is getting sued for losing people's data? Yes, that's the story. We got to, you know, you know, we got to we got to talk about that. Yeah, Boot Corral is, you know, they apparently lost some data. They apparently lost the data. And uh, we're trying to find out if it was actually us. But it, it seemed like it probably was. So we're going to figure that out. But just found that little tidbit. Yeah, they're in a big class action lawsuit right now. And they're paying up to $3,000 per case. So, uh, you know, me and Micah are trying to get, get, get in, cash in on some of that money for Boot Corral. Listen, if I fall under the criteria, you best believe. They lost my data. Yep, well, welcome to all of those that are listening to the Donut Box podcast. I'm Chris, this is Micah, and we want to welcome back all of our listeners. We got listeners in Canada. We got some listeners in Africa. We got listeners in France, in Spain, in England, in Ireland. Man, we're really big in Europe. Where else are we big at? Oh, all over the United States. East Coast, West Coast, Midwest, down south, I mean, even in Canada, we—I mean, we all over the place, man. You know, it's insane. It's insane that we are being heard all around the world. Like I never thought—I'll be honest—I never thought at all that it would be 
more than the localized area. I know we said that before, but just thinking about how many of you have listened to us and heard uh, heard what we have to say, and uh, hopefully had a few laughs. You know, it's amazing. It's awesome. Yeah, it's great. So we are going to get ready to hop into our first segment, which is the old-fashioned donut, and that's a story from our past. And you've heard Micah and I talk a lot about uh, how we moved from Georgia to our now home state of Texas, but we haven't really talked about the journey getting there or necessarily the culture shock that we experience while moving here because Georgia, while it is in the South, uh, and Texas is technically considered the South. Texas is its own state. I'm just going to clear that up for any misconceptions. So it was a culture shock moving from Georgia all the way to Texas. So do you want to share a little bit about, maybe about the road trip here or the journey here and then how it was a big culture shock for you? Yeah, absolutely. So I had never driven uh, that long before. I had kind of driven... And let's just clarify, so from where we were moving from Augusta, Georgia, all the way to Lubbock, Texas, it was um, 22 hours of a drive. Of course, we split it up into two days, but essentially what that drive was, man, I remember it was a lot. It was pretty much all the states in the south, all the way to Louisiana, to the Louisiana border, and then the second day was all Texas. Just that big. Um, But, man, I, I just remember the first day... Um, we got up and of course we got up really early to drive and, uh, luckily it was just straight interstate. I mean, we didn't really have to deviate or go off of any roads, but you know, I remember there was some construction, there was some other stuff, but I will say this everywhere in the South that you go, um, the speed limits are not as high as you get into Texas and we'll get into that in a little bit, but, uh, so just remember, you know, we're only going like 65 and um, in some places 55 and below. It's um, and I'm just going to talk about some small things that are different that like I've I've noticed, too. So something about the roads also in Georgia, Alabama, Mississippi, Louisiana, all the way through there. They have maximum speed limits and minimum speed limits. And that's something you don't necessarily see. And in, in, I think you see it in some parts of Texas, but not all. And uh, my wife actually asked me, why, why is that? And I told him it's because, you know, Texas has inspections for their vehicles, but um, the rest of the South doesn't for the most part. So, man, you have some jank vehicles on the road. Uh, and I can't say anything because my truck was one of them that was barely making that minimum speed limit. So if you've heard that episode about the, the jank truck that we took to Thompson, uh, yeah, there you go. It's, uh, have we talked about that? We have talked about that, right? Yes, we have. That was like episode eight. Yeah, I was like, it was pretty early on because the memory's kind of fuzzy. Uh, once you get to almost 100, it's kind of fuzzy. But anyways, I digress. Um, so minimum speed limits. Anyways, so what do you remember about the journey? Like I said, we went from Augusta and then stopped in Shreveport, Louisiana that first night. So it was a pretty long ways even for the first day. All I remember definitely is that we had a bum on our trip that did not pull his amount of the weight i will say that much uh no i'm not talking about micah i'm not talking about him but that's another story for another day i do remember i had never really been out west before i had flown out there but i'd never driven and so like it was kind of a new experience for me just to see all that stuff and definitely like micah says once you get into texas it's way different but like the roads in louisiana are really really run down and kind of like in mississippi louisiana my head is like kind of on a swivel just because it's it's very sketchy. I don't know what it is. Like they're 
how I don't want to talk bad about the people, but you just kind of have like a sense of, okay, I can't really relax like in Texas. I don't, I don't know how to say that without sounding mean. Uh, and, you know, I'll throw Alabama in there too in some parts of Georgia. I mean, it's just there's a, a different thing. Um, I'm not saying the cops in Texas are, are great or anything like that. But uh, I feel like the South definitely has a little bit more crooked ways. Like, you can't really even trust. There's not a lot of people you can trust. Like, Texas, I don't know. Texas has a mantra and an attitude. Like, you, it, you'll at least have some people try to help you at some point. Uh, or at least that's kind of what I've seen. You have more people that'll... Texas is very friendly. And if you're in need... Like, I've seen plenty of times when somebody's broke down, or even when I've been broke down, and people just pull over on the side of the road and be like, hey, is there something I could do to help? And maybe they don't even have that much to do besides, like, jump it off. But, like, you're like, no, nah, it's a more serious problem or something. And... Or, like, yeah, you can help me. Like, every, every time... In fact, thinking about it, every time I've been in Texas and needed a jump start or something like that, somebody's been there and like offered to do it before I even asked them to. For sure. I do know that the second day once we had gotten into Texas, like the moment that you cross into Texas, I don't know, for me, I felt like this like weight had lifted and it was like, okay, I'm home. Like you just feel so comforted and secure. And I still feel that way. Anytime I'm traveling outside of Texas and then I suddenly get back, like I'm just like, oh man, I'm home. I'm peaceful. And so we started driving, right? And we were looking for radio stations and we had no idea about Tejano music. At least I didn't have any idea about Tejano music. And man, once you get to Texas, there's a lot of Tejano stations. Tell them what, like explain that a little bit for people that don't know what Tejano music is. One, I'm just going to say this, the radio stations, I love them. You know, those are great. I love those stations, but they just... I mean, all it's it's just such a. It's like mariachi style, uh, Hispanic inspired uh, music. It kind of goes to the same rhythm for the most part. Like, I mean, there's some subtle differences, but a lot of it kind of goes all the same. You always have a drum roll at the at the beginning of it. I know that, and um, they always sing about the corazón, which is their heart. Uh, at some point, there's there's always that. Um, and I mean, it's, it's pretty bumping. So I just remember we, we found a Tejano station and we were driving through the Dallas Fort Worth area and, uh, we were bumping that most of the way through Texas. That was a, that was a pretty good time. What is like a couple of the culture shock things that you had to adjust to? I think we've talked about this before, but, um, so one, the food was actually, uh, I, I feel like it was a step up for sure, especially in the Mexican food department. It was like, oh, man. It was like what we had back in Georgia was crap. You know, I, I mean, it was a very stark difference. I mean, I know we've talked about that. But the other thing, too, was I went from – so I actually moved when it was my senior year of high school. So I moved from a school – I wouldn't say it didn't have money, but it wasn't – like schools in Georgia just don't have the level of funding that schools in Texas do, and especially some schools – like the one that I went to, where it's the only high school in that district, um, where all the money's going to that. It was it was pretty incredible. I mean, um, for most of you, you've, you've listened to this and talked about football. I'm going to go really briefly into doing that. Man, they had a 10,000-seat stadium. You know, where we were at before in Georgia, 
3500 was big. Like, that was the big deal. Like, I remember there was one in our district that we would go play, and they had a replay screen. And we thought, oh, man, that's in- insane. And their stadium's 3500 You show up to this place, and it's 10,000 seats. It might even be bigger now. I think they even did an expansion a few years back. Um, but it's it's massive. And then on the other side of it, they have a 50-yard indoor stadium or indoor you know practice facility you know, turf fields, all that stuff. And that's just for football. That's just for football. Baseball has a separate facility and all that stuff. Um, I mean, it was like a small college. It was insane. Uh, it was the amount of money that was poured into there. Not just that, but let me ask you this, Chris. In your lunchroom, um, did you have Pizza Hut and Chick-fil-A as an option and things like that? No, we didn't have that at all. And I, we did. It was insane. Like we, I mean, we didn't win Georgia. Like in the school I had in Georgia, man, the the food was kind of bad. You know, the food was actually pretty bad. And you know, you get over here, and even like the lunchroom food was pretty top notch. And like I said, if you didn't even want the good lunchroom food that they would have, then you could get uh, like Chick Fil A sandwiches and Pizza Hut pizzas and all sorts of stuff. It was insane. That's wild. I think what was for me the culture shock was. Again, we kind of talked about it like in Georgia, you have predominantly the white community and then the African-American community with a little bit of Hispanic community. But like the Hispanic community is very prevalent in Texas, like very, very prevalent. So you just have to get used to like the Hispanic culture, the Hispanic heritage, which I love. Um, And so like, for example, here and this is just a West Texas thing, but like a tradition for Christmas is they eat tamales here. Uh, and I was kind of like, that's kind of weird. Yeah, like it's like a big thing. Like people get together for Christmas and they make tamales and they give them as Christmas gifts. And it was like a big deal. And I also had to get used to everybody being so nice and so friendly because like everyone is like, oh, yeah, Southern hospitality. And it's like, no, nah, Texas has got y'all beat because, yeah, people are somewhat nice uh, in the South, but they're like passive aggressive. But like Texans, they're pretty like upfront. If they don't like you, they'll tell you. But if if they do like you, they're they're very kind. Even the small things, you could be standing. You know, we were joking about the grocery store in the the intro, but you could be standing in line at the grocery store, right? And something can happen. Um, like the person in front of you or the cashier can almost drop something, and or something like that. And you can make casual small talk with them and go, "Oop, that would have been bad," or something like that, right? And the person in front of you will go, "Yeah, that would have been pretty bad," or. They'll kind of carry on like a real small conversation or interaction with you. And I'll tell you this much. If something like that were to happen in, in Georgia or even some of the other states, um, man, they would give you kind of a look and a scowl of like, why in the heck are you talking to me right now? You know, it's like a very, they almost kind of get standoffish of like, why, you know, you're watching what I'm doing or watching what they're doing and you're watching this interaction. Like, what is wrong with you? Like, what's going on? It's kind of it's kind of weird. Yeah, they're very. Uh, I guess they're very to themselves. But um, one thing I did learn the hard hard way was when I was a waiter. Um, this lady asked for iced tea, right? And so in Georgia, when you a- ask for iced tea, people automatically think you mean sweet tea, right? Like people are like, hey, can I have iced tea? Georgia, that means a sweet tea, right? Texas, that's not the same. I gave the lady the sweet tea, and she was like, oh no, I asked for a iced tea that means unsweet and i was like oh i'm so sorry like in georgia someone asked you for an iced tea that means sweet automatically automatically that that was something i i didn't even think about but yeah oh i'm gonna hit on another thing barbecue 
is vastly, vastly different and, in my opinion, better. You know, people, our listeners from Georgia, South Carolina, and some of the places we're talking about, if you like your brand of barbecue, I'm not, you know, you like what you like. I like Texas barbecue. It's a lot of beef, um, primary brisket, or even beef ribs, and, oh, brisket's great. Um, But in Georgia, South Carolina area, uh, and I include South Carolina because Augusta was right on the line. South Carolina actually was better than Georgia. I would say that. Like, I liked going over to South Carolina a little more. But the barbecue was primarily pork, like pulled pork or even like barbecue chicken. But you couldn't really find beef barbecue. And even if you asked for it, they would be kind of kind of weird. And I kind of look at you a little funny of like, what, what, what do you mean? But it's, it's not just the food. It's like in Texas, barbecuing is like a way of life. And I know that sounds so weird, but like people, like people here, like they will take hours to like smoke a brisket. And like, that's a way that people bond together. Like they just like, I feel like in like Georgia and stuff like that in the South, there's like cookouts, like there's grill it. Like, and that's a way for, you know, people to bond to too. But like the barbecuing community is like, very heavy here like people take their barbecue and serious like serious serious here there's full-on competition and all sorts of stuff i'll be honest with you i can't wait to get a house so that i can get a, a grill and a smoker so i can smoke some brisket on a saturday that's great and i will be there because i can't smoke a brisket but i'll eat the brisket I'm trying to think what else man there's there's so much to it but um i mean we can wrap it up with one more thing what you think i would just say overall just the friendliness just understanding the way that people in texas uh live like it's a very casual it's very laid back like people don't really dress up in suits and everything like if they people dress up it's going to be like some nice jeans maybe a sport coat especially especially where chris is living but even in my area i mean business casual is you know if you want to dress western a nice pair of boots jeans a button-down shirt that's tucked in and a nice hat, that's all it takes, you know? That's literally, you know, you want to put a a good belt with a belt buckle on. Don't, I'll say this, have you ever seen these guys out there, yes, I'm talking mess on y'all, that be going out there and they don't have a belt on, like, western jeans and they got their shirt tucked in, I'm going, like, even, you got to have a belt with a belt buckle, like, I'm sorry. Like, I don't know, maybe, call me old-fashioned, but it kind of looks a little goofy if you don't have it, if you're trying to go for that western style. Eh, it just depends. I usually wear a, because I don't wear belt buckles, I usually just wear like a vest over over whatever it is. Yeah, but I wouldn't call your your style too western anymore. No, not really. But like if I'm dressing up nice, I usually will. Like I'll put on a nice pair of boots, nice like an Ariat vest, a nice button up. Like if I'm trying to be super nice, he tries to go for the upscale Walker Texas Ranger look. Yeah, we talked a little bit about that. But let's move on to the jelly donut, which is the jelly. <laughs> All right, man. So we're going to start off with this one. Uh, Got some interesting ones. So this one comes out of Las Vegas, and uh, it was a rapper, and he gets arrested because he confessed to a murder in a music video. Apparently this guy, uh, Mr. McDaniel, was picked up on August the 29th of this year, and police said his lyrics in one of his recently posted videos on Facebook had details about a 2021 murder that had not been publicly released. And um, apparently the the lyric said, I be the reason he's dead. We taunt him when he die. Not the reason he's dead, so celebrate the reason why his mommy cry. Ooh, that's bad. 
Oh, that's really bad. Why do people do that, though? I don't know. And there's more lyrics, but I'm not going to go into it. But apparently that's what got him got him uh, put in jail, and now um, he's going to go on trial for it. You got to be careful because everything is a digital footprint now. Um, This is like a segue into something else or like total rabbit hole. But did you hear that they're claiming that they found Tupac's killer? Did you hear that? Uh-uh. All these years later? Yeah, they're claiming it's like uh, Dwayne Freeman, some big D something. They're claiming that he's the one that that killed Tupac, so... My question is, how do they know? I don't know. I haven't seen any of the TikTok videos that explain it, but I've just seen the memes going around, so that's all I know. That'll be interesting. Just like uh, Boot Corral losing our data. Anyways, the next one is alleged drunk driver is arrested because he called 911 on himself. What did he report? So, he called in and, quote, he said, yeah, I'm driving on the wrong side of the road. Uh, you might want to send an officer... Because I'm chalking up an error and missed an exit. Wow, was he totally drunk or what? Uh, apparently, so he he called 911, and um, once he got pulled over, he got, of course, the blood alcohol test, and he was two times over the limit. And his response here was, quote, Yep, because I thought somebody was on the wrong side of the effing road. That's why I called you. Good thing that nobody was hurt and that... The first step to getting help is admitting that you do need help. So Oh, they they have the rest of it on here. Um the deputy then said, but it turned out it was you question mark and he said, Yep, like a dumb F. <laughs> wow. That dude had to be totally wasted. Yeah, uh I think he was. That's that's pretty pretty darn bad. Um <clears throat> I don't know if you've heard about this one. This one was kinda of public, but um million dollar fraudsters found on a dating app while he was running from the cops yeah i did this one like a couple of weeks ago did you yeah i did well i'm gonna skip it then so there's a bank robbery suspect police say that this this robber was found out because a bank teller so a bank teller in ohio convinced um a suspected robber to hand over his own driver's license so apparently the man walked into this bank and gave him a note saying that he was armed, demanding money. And the teller gave the man a stack of cash. But apparently he demanded more money um, and from the, I guess, the ATM in the, in the bank's lobby. And then police said that the teller told the man that the machine needed the driver's license to dispense the cash. So apparently he then handed it over. And uh, so she took a picture of it and let him go. And apparently they found him down the road. And then he was charged with aggravated robbery, uh, threatening with a deadly weapon. That's wild, dude. That's funny that uh, we've we've been noticing a trend, if you will, um, about these bank robbers. They always hand a note, and they're always dumb, and that's how they always get caught. And it's, like, extremely dumb. I mean, what logical sense is, like, oh, they're going to need the driver's license to dispense the cash. Yeah, that makes sense. When I I worked for uh, the grocery store, they had a stack of bills uh, where they kept the money uh, that all had counters, right? Like, or all had trackers. And so even if you moved it a little bit, like one time I accidentally moved it because I didn't know it was the one with the tracker and like I counted it. And uh, I got a phone call from like the United Support Center and they were like, yeah, hey, is everything okay? Because we noticed that this move, like, are you okay? And I was like, oh, yeah, my bad. And they were like, no, seriously, are you okay? You can tell us if something bad's going on. And I was like, no, 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 no I promise. Like, it was just my mistake. <laughs> oh, my gosh. 
Yeah, I'm sure that was uh, that was interesting. <laughs> All right, so next one here. So cops say a man asked him or asked the police officers to test his meth after he had a violent reaction, quote unquote. So uh, apparently this guy called the police. And he told the officers that he had a violent reaction after smoking methamphetamine that he had purchased a week earlier and wanted investigators to take a look into the product. So this is what the police officer said. The suspect said he believed uh, because of the violent reaction he had in smoking the drug, he was sold the wrong narcotic and this turned out to not be methamphetamine but something else. I wonder how that turned out. Uh, then he told detectives that, or he told police officers that he wanted detectives in the drug unit um, to test the substance because he wanted to press charges on the one who sold him the wrong narcotic. I was waiting for that piece. I was like, I bet he's like, officers, arrest this man. He sold me bad crack. And it's like, oh, man. Have you seen those episodes on cops? I'm sure you have because you've seen like every episode. But I've seen some episodes where that happens. Where they're trying to get people arrested because they either swindled them or stole the drugs that they had on them or something. Anyways. <clears throat> yep. Crime so, pay. so what ended up happening was um, all the police officers did was they obliged him. They took the substance, they tested it out, and uh, found out that it was in fact methamphetamine. And then they took him to jail. <laughs> That's wild, man. That's wild. So yeah, uh, last one. So there was a early morning bank robber, and this one's this is the really dumb part. He was thwarted because the bank was closed and the doors were locked. So sometimes, and what I think is funny is this article starts off with this. Sometimes the early bird doesn't get the worm. Oh, you gotta love those articles that are just like, they try to put the cheeky spin on it. It's like, okay. Police, so um, they were looking for this bank robber. And I mean, there's a picture on here. They're pretty well clothed. Um, but he went to two branches of this this bank. And they tried to go nearly three hours before the bank opened and tried to open both doors. Um, but when they yanked on the doors um, without being able to open and saw that they were closed, they fleed the scene. So pretty much they they were going to rob the place, but whenever they yanked on the door, they just they didn't do anything. Maybe I missed something, but how did they know that person was going to rob the bank? That's a good question. Did he have weapons, like a gun or anything? How did they know, like, I mean, he just didn't accidentally show up to the bank I early? mean, I guess the only... It's because they're covered head to toe. Like, there's a picture on here, but they're, there's a picture on here, and, I mean, they're wearing a jacket with, like, the hood over their head and, like, the drawstring, like, closed as much as possible and a ski mask underneath that. And then, like, black pants. They're, like, covered head to toe, pretty much. So, I mean, I'm thinking that th that they're assuming, because most people don't show up to the bank like that, because most banks have rules even against you wearing hats and sunglasses. That's true. That's true. Okay. Well, that was very interesting. Yeah. So, he tried it. He's like, you know what? I'm going to get this before sunrise. <laughs> and it didn't end up working out for him. I'm going I'm to get this in before work. Pretty much. Pretty much. All right, man. Uh, you ready to move to the next one? Yeah, let's move to the donut hole. Alright, so on this edition of the Donut Hole, which we've been doing lots of quizzes lately, I am going to put Chris to the test on his Boy Meets World knowledge. Oh yeah, I love Boy Meets World. Okay, so what we're going to do, um, 15 questions. So the first one, are, are you ready? Let me ask that first. I'm sure you are, but... See, I stay ready, so I ain't got to get ready. Yeah, I don't even know why I got to ask you, player. 
Anyways, all right. So Ryder Strong played Corey Matthews, the boy who met the world. Is that true or false? That's false. He played his best friend, Sean. That is correct. All right. So that was softball, obviously. But uh, we're gonna we're gonna keep on going. I actually met him. He was very nice. Yeah, that's dope. Um, that was that was here recently. Question number two. Corey's real name is Cornelius. Is that true or false? Pretty sure that's true. It is true. Apparently, Mr. Feeney reveals it in the last episode that his real name is Cornelius. All right. Yep. Knew it. The next question. Uh, I don't know if this this one may be hard. How many episodes um, is in the longest running season, which is season five? How many episodes are in that season? I guess I'm gonna. Is it A? I'll go I, for it. A, yeah. Oh, you're giving me options. Yeah, I'm giving you options. I'm, I'm helping you out. It's uh, is it A 21, B 22, C 23, or D 24? Mm, man, it's either 23 or 24 because most seasons have like a 22 episode. I'm gonna go with 24. You're right. It was 24. Jack Bauer. It was 24. Yeah, Jack Bauer. What was something that didn't happen, or I'm sorry, what was not something that happened to Sean out of these options? A, he received very few gifts one Christmas. B, he was visited by his real mother, a stripper. C, he was sucked into a cult. Or D, his father died. Uh, it's going to be he was visited by his real mother, a stripper. That is correct. He was never uh, he was never visited by his real mother, a stripper. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I don't think she was a stripper. <laughs> this quiz is kind of funny. <laughs> so, number five. Some of the characters had middle names mentioned throughout the series. Hold on. This one's kind of weird. The correct answer will have middle names listed in the order. Oh, boom crap we're going to the next one you gonna make it hard like that i'm sorry i'm pulling these quizzes from offline i'm being uh i was i'll, I'll call it being time conscious not being lazy anyways um number six what do sean and angela have in common is it a liking snow caps the candy b enjoying classical music c their mothers walked out on them as children or D, all of the above. D, it's all of the above. And I just recently watched uh, that episode where they figure out that they have all that in common. So there you go. So the next question. How does Mr. Mr. Turner, Jonathan, die? A, he was murdered. B, a tragic motorcycle accident. C, he doesn't die. Or D, in his sleep. C, he didn't die at all. So there you go. He didn't die. That's one of the controversial points of Boy Meets World because in that episode, he has a motorcycle accident and then he's alive and we never see him again. All right. So number eight, in what episode do we learn Corey's middle initial A? Do you remember this one? This one might be a little... And it's not just that, but it's in the, um, like, the name of the episode, per se. So, A, is it by hook or by crook? C, I am not a crook. Or, B, I am not a crook. C, the double lie. Or, D, truth and consequence. I think it's by hook or by crook. I'm pretty sure it's by that one. Or is it... No, 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 no. I'm changing my answer. I'm changing my answer. I'm changing my answer. Uh, it's I'm not a crook, because that's the one where he runs for president president so i think it's that one yeah you are correct it is i am not a crook yeah that one was before the by hook if i crook sorry the name's got me messed up i know this this quiz is kind of it, it's a little hard because it's kind of goofy all right how many siblings does the married cory mash or matthews have not counting in-laws 
Okay. So I could just tell I could just tell you. He has three. That's correct. Because they had that that episode or towards the end of the series, he had another brother, like towards the end. Even though his parents were like almost fifty when they had the kid. Yeah, it's kinda weird. weird. I've known people like that in real life. It's interesting. Anyways, alright. Number ten. Corey and his gang have disappointed Mr. Feeney numerous times. They almost made him cry. And what were two of the things that did this? This kind of weird. I'm going to skip that one. Some of these. I was like, I don't understand what they're asking. I don't either. That's why we're skipping. All right. What is Topanga's older sister's middle name? Is it A, Nebula, B, Spirit Guide, C, Nebby, or D, Stop the War? Oh, it's Stop the War. It's Nebula, Stop the War, Lawrence. Yep, you correct. It's Stop the War. Where does Boy Meets World take place? Like, what town? Philadelphia. Yeah, there you go. All right. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. How many Valentine's Day episodes did Boy Meets World have total? Ooh, that's a hard one. Is it one, two, or five? Because I know it's not zero. Uh, let me think about it. I guess it's two. You are correct. No, you're correct. It's uh, season six, episode 129, and then there was season five, episode 104, and that was that was the two uh, Valentine's Day episodes. All right, we're getting close to the end. Um, now this one's kind of along the same line. How many Christmas episodes did they have? Oh, they have like a good amount of Christmas episodes. Um, the options are three, four, or five. I'm gonna go with five. You are correct. They had five. I was like, I'm pretty sure they have one, like, almost one every season. Yeah, they had five. All right, last one. There was a major cliffhanger at the end of season five, the episode called Graduation. What was it? Was it A, Corey asked Topanga if she'll marry him? B, Topanga asked Corey if he'll marry her? Mr. Feeney is retiring and moving to Wisconsin, and they all haven't said goodbye? Or D, Amy might be pregnant? Ooh. Um... At the end of season five, and the episode was called Graduation. Oh, I think I think Topanga asked Corey to marry her. That's what happens, right? That is correct. Topanga asked Corey if he'll marry her. Yep, because she was the one who asked him. That's why it was like, oh yeah. But I I thought all that happened. But no, I think Amy getting pregnant was probably like the end of season six, maybe or season five. I don't... The other thing is, Mr. Feeney is retiring, but they all said goodbye. Because the other option said that they he did not get to say goodbye uh, yeah, to everybody. But then he comes back, and he teaches them in college. Of course, you gotta have that in a sitcom. He's never truly gone. It's funny that after 38 years of teaching, he only really cares about three of his students. That deeply. <laughs> that was, uh... They were crazy impactful, and... Yeah. Anyways, um... <laughs> All right, man. So we're going to move on to our next segment, which is what fries my donuts? Chris, <coughs> what fries you up, buddy? Oh, I always have to preface this of like, this does not represent any people or persons or situations that I'm involved with or work with or live with. Or affiliate with. <laughs> or affiliate with. Have you ever had something happen where something wrong is going on and like you have this one person that like, is trying to make it better, but they end up making it worse because they end up causing a panic and they end up just like, they end up just making things worse because they're all like, oh crap. Now let me give you an example of this. 
Uh, like, say, for example, this person's in charge of planning an event. They find out, oh, crap, there are more people registered than I than I thought, uh, but we don't have enough egg salad sandwiches. And they're like, oh, crap, oh, crap, we don't have enough egg salad uh, sandwiches. And they're going around to every single person telling about the problem. And then they're like, well, we need to do this, and we need to do this, and we need to do this, blah, blah, blah. And it's like there are too many hands in the pot that get stirred. And like then you got seven people that are trying to figure out how you're going to get egg salad sandwiches at this event. It's like, okay. You're doing more harm than good here. Like, don't panic. Like, have you ever had people like that? Oh, yeah. It's incredibly inefficient. It's incredibly inefficient because, like you said, now they've involved all these people when really it's something they could have handled just the one person. And so now we're causing all this effort. And what tends to happen is you watch. In that situation that he's talking about right there, they will get more egg salad sandwiches and only half will be eaten. And then they'll be having to figure out what happens to the rest of them. And it was all because they don't freaked out and it wasn't no big deal. Um, I'll say that anytime in that situation, bringing food, that's how it always goes. You, you plan and you always have something left over. I don't know. But in my head, I'm like, okay, like, let's just calm down or like, let's just get like one solution right because when you go to like seven different people everybody's going to have a different plan of how to like fix it and it's like it's not right or wrong but then you have seven different plans of how to fix this thing and then you're trying to do seven different plans and then it just causes more chaos more headache than what it was and especially if it happens at a high level i had that happen at the company i was working at at one point where um there was some bad things going on and so then all of a sudden it's like okay you're asked to step in to help you're asked to step in to help and everybody's all asked to step in to help and where it becomes bad is you have this group of employees that are getting conflicting answers because it's the whole too many chiefs not enough indians sort of thing and what ends up happening you know it's like no i want you to do this then the next person is going to give a conflicting answer saying nope that's not how that's supposed to be done i want to do it this way then those employees that are beneath you go i have no clue what i'm supposed to do because one person told me this one person told me that and it's it's a horrible position to be in i've been in that position as an employee too and uh by the way kids you always go for whoever's signing your paycheck that's who you go with exactly Whoever the the boss is, that's what you do. And it's like, oh, man. Whoever does your performance reviews and signs your paycheck, that's the people that you got to do. Everybody else, you know, it is it is what it is. But I, I totally get what you're saying. It causes mass chaos. And then all of a sudden, like you said, there's too many hands in the pot. And there's, you know, everybody's trying to do it. But at the same time, and a lot of the times, too, they won't even understand the problem right because you're bringing in a lot of these outside people that probably don't understand the problem to a certain extent too so yeah it's it's a mess i totally get what you're saying exactly man that's all i really had to say i'm just like just calm down it'll be okay it'll all work out like breathe goose fraba yeah woosa cat remember your pressure points uh but we're gonna move into <laughs> our next segment which is the improv segment and that's our donut so michael you said we have a game this week? Yeah, so we're going to try something different. We're going to do a game, um, and it's called Things Not to Say, and we're going to do different situations, and Chris and I are going to throw back and forth some things that uh, you wouldn't say in certain situations. So, Chris, do you want to – you ready to give this thing a shot? Yeah, pick the category. So the first category is at a funeral. 
Okay. Alright, am I going first? Oh, thank God, finally. Oh, man, you know, I'm pretty sure she, you know, she might have made it to purgatory, hopefully, because then she'll have a chance. I wonder how much money I'm going to get from the inheritance. Do you see her makeup? I, you know, they didn't cover, cover the strangulation points. Is this thing finally over? How long are we going to be here? Is she going to need that necklace? Ding dong, the witch is dead, the wicked witch is dead. <laughs> All right, you ready to move to the next one? Yep. Things you don't say going through airport security. You can go first. Uh, yes. Yeah, so I have a very, very, very large water bottle in there, and I refuse to pour it out. Bomb! Hey, look over there. It's a pound of drugs. Ooh, I get to get pat down. Hope they don't find what's hiding <laughs> in my secret spot. Oh, I'm gonna take that one step further. I hope they take me to the strip search. Um, <laughs> I refuse to go through the body scanner. I think that's the worst thing you could say at TSA is uh, I refuse to do something. That's probably the worst thing. I'm not taking my shoes off. I demand to be TSA pre-check. Yeah, that's definitely something that you don't say at the airport. Or oh yeah, you definitely a fan. All the. <laughs> <laughs> um, just FYI, I saw a guy in the airport say that to somebody. It was very, very delightful because there was a TSA. You always have that one TSA agent that's barking orders, and it's like conflicting orders again. And yeah, there was a there was an African American gentleman. And he was like, "Oh yeah, you will fit. You will fit all right." <laughs> and I thought that was so great. All right, man. So let's let's move to the last one. And the last one is things you don't say in a courtroom. I'm guilty. Oh, he's guilty as hell. I, I hope we get free lunch out of this. All right, guys. We, the jury, are going to sit in here, and I'm telling you, we need to make we need to drag this sucker out, okay? If anything, we a hung jury because I am not going home to my kids. I will tell you that much. We will be here as long as it takes. I will hold out on everybody because I'm getting my free sandwiches, and my, I'm, I'm going to be here as long as it takes. I'm not going back to my job and my kids. Judge, you look like you've had Botox surgery. Your Honor, I find you attractive. Yeah, that's a pretty bad one. That's, 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 yeah. <laughs> that's probably what you don't say in a courtroom. I'm guilty. That's probably not a good thing to say. Yeah, I'm guilty. Well, unless you try to take that plea bargain, then, you know, that's but Yeah, unless you're trying to take That's between you and your lawyer, my friend. That's between you and your lawyer. Alright, man. So you ready to move to the Eclair? Let's move to the Eclair, which is our positive advice. And I'll go first. Uh my Eclair for this week, just because things don't go as planned, doesn't mean you give up on the plan. Uh there's been a lot of times in life it's really, really easy to just kind of chuck the baby out with the bathwater, essentially. You know, it could be a major plan in life. As in, oh, I'm going to go to medical school and become a doctor. And, you know, some roadblocks get in the way and you kind of get sidetracked and things like that. But, you know, you can still make things a priority. And don't think that maybe it isn't a part of the plan. And maybe it's just some extra steps in the plan. So don't ever give up on the full plan just because some things aren't going the way that it, you know. And that goes for any plan, big or small. Well, uh, mine is, uh, and I'm preaching to myself i gotta be a little bit honest here on the podcast but uh pay attention to the warning signs especially the warning signs that your body is giving you man because i'm telling you your body will literally make you stop if you don't stop uh when you get tired when you need rest when you just need to like take a break because man i'm like experiencing that right now because it's like man i've been going and going and going and i haven't really taken some time to just like i've like had days off and like i've 
rested, but like I just need to like chill out and rest. And so now my body is like got sick. Like I'm doing better and all that stuff. But like, yeah, man, like you gotta make sure you look at that check engine light because if not, that transmission's gonna get thrown. Uh, and the engine's gonna seize up. And it's not gonna be good. And then you gotta put your body in the shop. And that ain't good. Yeah, and then you walk out $3,000 later. Just kidding. <laughs> right, right. Now, but I totally get you, man. So, um, let me start plugging the stuff. TVTrashCan.com. That's TVTrashCan.com. Go visit us. And we, of course, have Church Rescue up. I promise I'm editing those plane videos. It's gonna happen. And it's gonna happen probably this week. Because I'm gonna be sitting my behind doing it. Uh, the day after we record this podcast. So, hopefully sometime this week. By the time it drops. You can go ahead and check that out. So, uh, yeah. And uh, we appreciate you from ever, wherever you're listening from, whatever streaming service, wherever location in the world, we really appreciate so, it. So, uh, I think it's time to take this donut box out to the trash. So, I'm Chris. And I'm Micah. And this has been the Donut Box Podcast. Shoot, shoot. Yeah.